Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanang Namaskriptyam Naranchaiva Narotaman Devin Sarasutim Vyahasam Tatoyayan Udhirajet Nasta Prayeso Vadresu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Utamai Sloke Bhakti Bhavaiti Naishikim Okay, Hare Krishna. Uh, we are reading Srimad Bhattan, Canto 6, Chapter 4. Um, for today, I've been told to read the last four texts. So we will finish the chapter. And tomorrow, uh, His Holiness Ramai Swami will be giving the class for new chapter. So please bear, for, bear with me. It will be four texts. And so let's do it then. If you can repeat the one that is in, on the board, please. Esa panchayana sianga. Duhita vai prajapate. Ashikni nama pakni tue. Prajesha prati grihetam. Esa panchayana sianga. Duhita vai prajapate. Ashikni nama patnitue, prayesu pratigrihetam, esha panchayana asyanga, duhita vai prajapate, ashikni nama patnitue, Prajesha Pratigrihitam. Translation word by word, if you can repeat, please. Esha, this, Panchayanasya, of Panchayana, Anga, oh my dear son, Dohita, the daughter. By indeed, Prajapate, another Prajapati, Ashikni, sorry, Ashikni Nama, of the name Ashikni, Patnitwe, as your wife, Prajesha, O Prajapati, Prati. Pratigrihyatan, 
Let her be accepted. Translation. O oh my dear son Daksha, Prayapati Panchayana has a daughter named Ashikni, whom I offer to you so that you may accept her as your wife. Text 52. Well, this text doesn't have trans as purport, so we'll continue with text 52. Translation. Now, unite in sexual life as men and women, and in this way, by sexual intercourse, you will be able to beget hundreds of children in the womb, hundreds of children in the womb of this girl to increase the population. Purpose. By his divine grace, a Sivaktivedanta Swami Shila Prabhupada. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita 7.11, Dharma virudo buteshu kamo esmi. I am sex that is not contrary to religious principles. Sexual intercourse ordained by the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Dharma, a religious principle, but it is not in, intended for sense enjoyment. Indulgence in sense enjoyment, indulgence in sense enjoyment through sexual intercourse is not allowed by the Vedic principles. One may follow the natural tendency for sex life only to beget children. Therefore, the Lord told Daksha in this verse, this girl is offered to you only for sex life to beget children, not for any other purpose. She is very fertile, and therefore, you will be able to have as many children as you can beget. Srila Vishwanatha Chakravarti Thakur remarks in this connection that Daksha was given the facility for unlimited sexual intercourse. In Daksha's previous life, he was also known as Daksha, but in the course of performance sacrifice, he offended Lord Shiva, and, he, and thus his head was replaced with that a god. Then Daksha gave up his life because of his degraded condition. But because he maintained the same unlimited sexual desires, that's quite important, but because he maintained the same unlimited sexual desires, he underwent austerities by which he satisfied the Supreme Lord, who then gave him unlimited potency for sexual intercourse. I sh it should be noted that although such a facility for sexual intercourse is achieved by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, this facility is not offered to advanced devotees. This is quite another important point. This facility is not offered to, as, to advanced devotees who are free from material desires. In this connection, it 
it may be noted that if an American boy and girls engage in Krishna consciousness movement, want to advance in Krishna consciousness to achieve the supreme benefit of loving service to the Lord, they should refrain from indulging in this facility for sex life. Therefore, we advise that, no, no, that one should at least refrain from illicit sex. Even if there are, the, if there are opportunities for sex life, one should voluntarily accept the limitations of having sex only for progeny, not for any other purpose. Kardama Muni was also given the facility for sex life, but he has only a slight desire for it. Therefore, after begetting children in the womb of Devahuti, Kardama Muni became completely renounced. The purpose is that if one wants to return back home, back to Godhead, one should voluntarily refrain from sex life. Sex should be accepted only as much as needed, not unlimitedly. One should not think that Daksha received the favor of the Lord by receiving the facility for unlimited sex. Later verses will reveal that Daksha again committed an offense, this time at the lotus feet of Narada. Therefore, although sex life is the topmost enjoyment in the material world, and although one may have the opportunity for sexual enjoyment by the grace of the Lord, this entails a risk of committing offenses. Hmm. Daksha was open to such offenses, and therefore, strictly speaking, he was not actually favored by the Supreme Lord. One should not seek the favor of the Lord for unlimited potency in sex life. So we continue with text 53, doesn't have purpose. Translation. After you give birth to many hundred and thousand of children, they will also be cultivated, captivated by my illusory energy and, in, and will engage like you in sexual intercourse. But because of my mercy to you and then, they will also be able to give me presentations in devotion. And the last text, Sukadeva Goswami continued, after the creator of the entire universe, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, has spoken in this way, in the presence of Prayapati Daksha, he immediately disappeared as if he were in an object experienced in a dream. That's end the Bhaktivedanta purpose of the sixth canto, fourth chapter of the Srimad Bhavatan entitled The Hansa Guhya Prayers Offered to the Lord by Prayapati Daksha. Orangenati Mirandasya, Genangena Salakaja, Chakchurum Litanje Natas Mai Sri Gurave Namada, 
Mukankaroti Vatalam, Fangung Dangajate Girim, Jat Kripata Mahambande, Sri Guru Dinatarinum. Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Well, any questions, comments for this text? Is a bit clear? Not so clear? He thinks that the battery is, is going down. Well, um, to uh, undermine or, or at least uh, re reject that aspect, that kind of not so good qualities. But he was able to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He, he got the darshan of Krishna in front, in, front, in front of his eyes. So not everybody has that, that opportunity. So how we can understand his uh, personality, this character, the Daksha? Well, if you remember in the, in the beginning of this chapter, everything started when Parikshi Maharaj asked uh, Sukadeva Goswami, how was the uh, uh, Visarga, the secondary creation? And uh, so in order to explain the process of Visarga, Sukadeva Goswami uh, explained the pastime of, of Daksha, how Daksha came to, to, to this world, and in that way we, we know about this pastime. Because it's not the first time that Daksha is appearing in Srimad Bhavata. But with the purpose of uh, procreation, all the living entities, Visarga, so Daksha uh, performed activities or austerities because he wanted to please the Lord. His function or, or his service was to procreate. As a prayer party, his service, specific services, okay. Let's give the opportunity to many, many thousands, millions of living entities to come to the material world. So we have to have some mediums for that. So Prayapatis, like Daksha, they have that function. So he has clear understanding about his service. But one thing that we have to understand is his service was based on his desires as well. In the purpose, Prabhupada explained that uh, Prayapati Daksha has, from previous life, it still has the intense desire for sexual life. So based on that, he got a body that will facilitate that desire, the fulfillment of that desire. And the Prayapati body facilitate that. So in that way, Daksha was able to satisfy that desire that he has in his heart from even previous life. So in so extended way, but with the blessings of the Lord. So it's kind of karma mishravakta. So it's, we have to understand that aspect because Daksha wasn't a pure devotee, but he was exalted devotee. He has material desires, but he didn't want to accomplish or fulfill his desires independently. So he approached to the Lord for that. In Bhagavatam, many times we hear, whatever desires you have, better to approach to Krishna 
Yes, because he think you have desires or no desires or many desires, better to approach to Krishna for that. So Daksha did it. But at the same time, he has the, the opportunity to fulfill his duties. So by that attitude, he pleased the Lord. Krishna, when appeared to Daksha, he said, I'm, I'm satisfied, I'm pleased with you because you fulfill my desire. The desire of the Lord was the population of the world. So Daksha facilitated that. And not just that, he underwent for austerities to be qualified to perform that activity. But at the same time, we should understand that some desires are favorable and some desires are not favorable in the execution of pure devotional service. And, but we have to be honest with ourselves what is our current situation. We cannot jump or overcome easily our conditional um, a state of conditioning when we have still material desires. So if we acknowledge what is our current circumstance, and based on that, aiming how to overcome those limitations with the aim or aid of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the spiritual process, knowing where we want to go. So in that way, we will purify those material desires or elevate our state of consciousness. So in this case, Prabhupada very emphatically in the purpose that we read, uh, emphasized that the desire for sexual in, uh, gratification, sexual life, unlimited sexual life, it's not favorable for practicing uh, pure devotional service. Sexual life is oh, the impulse for uh, sex is natural in all living entities. So, as a human beings, this can we have the facility or the opportunity, the ability to control these impulses that are natural on us. And there is a prince, religious principles that help us to regulate that. And Prabhupada clearly explained here that. Uh, Krishna himself set the standards how sexual life should be practiced. It's not like, a, okay, no sex, but how should be practiced. And Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, he, he said, I'm the sexual life who is, uh, which is uh, delineated with as a religious principle. So in that way, we should we clear in that point, sexual life is not wrong. Sexual life is part of, it's Krishna's energy that should be utilized with a specific purpose. And the purpose is, you know, what is the purpose for sexual life? Beget children, yes, that is the idea. Even uh, probably you heard that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Maharaj, that's very interesting. Uh, it's our uh, Acharya and our spiritual master, Guru. Very, um, I would say, his character, his personality was very known as the Singha Guru, very strong, Naistika Brahmachari. But he used to say that if I have the certainty that I can have 
pure devotees of Lord, of my kids, my children's, I'll be having hundreds. So he was acknowledging that the power of sexual life is there, but the, and the function of that is to beget Krishna, uh, children's, and what to say, pure devotees of the Lord. In the Bhavad, in the Bhavad Gita, sorry, Chaitanya Charitamrita also, there is a very interesting pastime that probably you also heard. Uh, it's that uh, Lord Chaitanya used to have, as his associate, many grihastras, devotees that were very exalted in nature as well, very renounced, and, but also they fulfilled their duties and in a very responsible manner. It was a couple of devotees that suddenly they felt the urge of having a children or a child. And they, well, they were like a surprise. How is this possible? No, because previously they didn't have much that tendency. They, they thought no needed of having kids. We already passed that. We don't have more desires of having kids or sex life. But suddenly they felt that urge to have it. Independently, the, the wife was having that desire, but she was kind of hesitating to talk to her husband. And the husband also, he got that desire, and he was kind of also, both of them were hesitating, this is true, what we should do now. But because they, they were devotees, advanced devotees, they wanted to understand what is the purpose of that, and they went to see Lord Chaitanya to Jagannath Puri. They went to Puri and asked to the Lord if they should do it or not, what we should do, what's happening. And Lord Chaitanya himself, before they asked, they said, oh, did you did it? Because I'm, why you are not bringing my devotee? What was is that Krishna was arranging that this special couple, they will give the opportunity to a special soul to come. So they begot um, a special devotee. That was the, the, the way how Srinivasacharya uh, came to this material world, because Krishna's arrangements. And the sexual life is for that. Phase of the, give the opportunity to different living spiritual souls to come to this material world and get the opportunity to purify their lives and be engaged in devotional service as well. At least as a devotee, practitioner of bhakti yoga, we understand that this is the purpose. Well, is this also okay? Any comments in this regard? Sounds a little bit quick and simple for this topic, but I prepared something else for this class, if you don't mind, I wanted to share with you, because I consider that this chapter is quite insightful in many aspects, and if you allow me, I can try to point out some important uh, teachings from this, uh, the Hansad Guhya prayers that our um, Daksha was reciting. And we have also to understand that these prayers are not the composition from the heart of Daksha. 
because these prayers were composed previously, and like a, for example, our kids sometimes in the in the classes they learn the uh, Gajendra prayers, Arjuna prayers in Bhagavad Gita, or Kunti Maharani prayers, and they recited the same way. Daksha recited the Hansa Guhya prayers because he heard from previous in previous life and um, he memorized those verses but because he tried to connect with Krishna he used, utilized this process of reciting prayers, bandana. But these prayers had a special teachings and it's something that I personally consider important to share. When we, we saw, for example, that uh, the prachetas come out from the, under, from the water and they saw all the trees uh, populating the planet and they burned the planet, the, the trees. And who came to, to pacify them? Do you remember who was the person who came? To Sorry? Soma, yes, the moon god. And what he told them? Yeah, he, they, they, they shouldn't um, burn the trees, eh? because there are reasons for that. That's right, very important point. Their function was that they were the kings that they have to protect the citizens. And the Soma gave them um, quite interesting principles of uh, Barnashan Dharma, the Raja Dharma. He said that uh, the kings should protect the citizens as the father protect the children. What else he said? As the eyelids protect the eyes. Very important point. And then he said, as the husband protect the wife, as the householder protect the beggars, and also said, as the learned, as the learned person is the friend of the ignorant people. So it you see is it goes from the gross aspect to the subtle, to go to goodness, goodness, and some different functions that uh, what protection means. And in our case, as a practitioners of Krishna consciousness, we should understand what these principles, how these principles can be applied in our life. But on top of that, Soma said something very important, why he should not, or the prachetas shouldn't burn the trees. He said uh, that uh, it's like a devotee, we should should see everybody as the abode of the Lord. What that means? You know? It, it's, we should see everybody, some pandita, some, see? That we should see everybody as the resident of the Lord, the abode of the Lord. That means that Krishna is in the heart of all living entities. And what is that form that is in the heart of every, every living entity? 
What form of Krishna is inside? Paramatma, yes. So if we learn to see that Krishna is in the heart of every living entity, so we will be able to not just respect, protect, and uh, favorably uh, interact with every living entities, but we will be able to interact with Krishna also. Very important point. In previous chapter also we learned from the teachings of Yamaraj that Krishna is everywhere. He is the Otam Proktam. So everything takes place because Krishna is there. So in this way, also the same principle is, has been uh, repeated or teaching uh, here from Sama, Soma, the moon god, to Prachetas, and also is repeated in the Hansa Guhya prayers, especially in the text number 2728 that I wanted to mention or emphasize that point. How the relationship with that aspect, with the, that aspect of the Lord, Paramatma takes place. <clears throat> In the Hansa Guhya prayer said that uh, Krishna has, a, oh God, the Supreme Personality of God, he has a lot of uh, potencies is describing that Krishna is transcendental, the real knowledge, it's the all-pervading. And also say that there are two aspects of the Lord. One aspect are the easy ways to realize. Another aspect is the difficult ways to realize. Do you remember what are the easy ways to, the easy forms of the Lord to realize? In the prayers? No? Look like it. We, okay. He said that um, the easy form of the Lord to be realized are the Brahman aspect and the Paramatma aspect. It's the easy way to realize. But the process to realize is difficult, it's challenging. And the difficult form of the Lord to be realized for a practitioner, a spiritual practitioner, is the Bhagavan aspect. But how this can be possible? Because as a devotees, we are trying to realize Bhagavan aspect of the Lord. And we somehow another we heard that by simply chanting, uh, dancing and feasting, you can realize Krishna in the Bhagavan form. So how we can understand that is the difficult form to realize according to the Hansa Kuhya prayers. Because it said that uh, this aspect of Bhagavan aspect of the Lord is difficult to be realized only because bhakti is the only means for doing it. Without bhakti you cannot realize pure bhakti, by the way, it's pure bhakti. And at the same time, God, the form of, the, of Krishna, of God, is unlimited. Those two reasons why the Bhagavan aspect of the Lord is very difficult to be realized. So only pure bhakti and the form of the Lord is unlimited. 
Okay, so these two aspects, but also it said that uh, when the, all the living entities are searching for happiness and sexual life is also a pursuit of trying to enjoy searching for happiness. So all the living entities are looking for that happiness. But also we understand by experience that the happiness doesn't come alone. Happiness comes with distress as well. That is part of the experience in this material world. But how we can understand this distress or this happiness with distress, understanding that Krishna's energies are present. All these manifestations in the material creation are Krishna's energy. We heard that Sanbini Shakti, Sambit Shakti and Gladini Shakti, those aspects of the Lord. This Sanbini Shakti is for giving the opportunity to the existent, whatever exists in the spiritual world. And when that energy is reflected in this material world, we see all the forms of the living entities, all the variety of forms that exist is because that Sandini aspect of the Lord, Sandini energy of the Lord. And when we are able to uh, cognizant then, we are able to be conscious of these forms of life existence is the influence of the Sambit energy of the Lord. And the Hladini Shakti energy of the Lord is reflected in this material world in the impulse for us to search for happiness, but because it's a perverted reflection of this energy, we experience what is called tapakari misra. It means that instead experiencing happiness that Hladini Shakti in the spiritual world uh, give the opportunity to experience, we experience in this material world happiness and distress. But actually, do you remember what is the definition that Srila Prabhupada said about what is happiness in material world? Somebody remember what Prabhupada says? What is happiness in this material world? Sorry, Matt? It's a mirage in the desert, yes. And also, the Prabhupada explained that it's like a, the, in between two sufferings, that is a small gap between two sufferings. Imagine when somebody, so you know some uh, techniques for torturing per people, if you press somebody under the water, so the head of somebody under the water, almost about to die and then relieve the person, they, or they again. So that is a small part at time when we take our air, our breath, that is called happiness in this material world. And it's very small fraction of time, but otherwise it's all miseries. So that's called tapakari misha. It's that effect of the a reflection of Kladini Shakti energy of the Lord in this material world. But how to overcome that? He said that 
we can realize the form of the Lord and have the benefits of the energy, energies of the Lord if we follow the proper process. And again, in this chapter, it's emphasized what is the ideal process, how we can um, realize Krishna, not just uh, in the uh, Brahman aspect, Paramatma aspect, Brahman aspect is by that desires of that tendency that we have direct to the satisfaction of the Lord. The tendency that we have for sense enjoyment, personal sense enjoyment, if we redirect that towards the pleasure of the Lord, searching for the opportunities how to please the Lord rather than just trying to find my personal satisfaction, that method facilitates us to overcome the influence of the perverted reflection of the energies of the Lord in this material world. So another point, important point is that uh, this tapakari aspect of the Lord is said that actually there are energies of the Lord that help us to assist us in our process. So it, it's a little bit contradictory in one sense how those obstacles or miseries that we experience in life can be favorable in our practice or in our spiritual practice to approach to Krishna or to develop pure devotional service. So that is also an analysis that uh, uh, help us to understand how Krishna interact uh, with his creation and with the living entities. Krishna in the heart as a Paramatma has two functions. Do you remember what are those two functions of Krishna in the heart? As a Paramatma, what Paramatma does in the heart? Yeah, from inside the Lord said, don't do it, yeah. So if Krishna is talking to you from the heart, yeah, it can happen when you listen to the Lord, when you are trained for that, when you are purifying heart, you are able to hear Krishna's voice from the heart, yeah? Yeah, but for a, for a normal people that are no generally pure devotees or advanced devotees, what Paramatma does is because he is in the, in the heart of every living entity. Oh, yes, yeah, he is watching. Yes, what else? He's the witness, yes, that he's the witness. Everything that we are doing, Krishna in the heart. So whenever we are trying to hide to do something, no, nobody's looking at me. So we have to remember that Krishna is the witness. Krishna is watching. He's in your heart and he is aware of everything. What is the other function that Krishna has in the heart? Sanction, yes. He sanctions the satisfaction or the execution of our desires. According to our desires, the Lord will satisfy. But 
He said that the quite peculiar this aspect of Paramatma, Krishna as a Paramatma will sanction your desires, uh, disrespected if it's favorable or not. It's your karma, so he will sanction. It's not your karma, you don't get it, even if it's your desire, because it's not your karma, so you won't get it, but he will sanction according to your karma. So it's neutral. It's a little bit tricky, that aspect, that form of the Lord. So, but as also, as we uh, mentioned, is a witness in that way, he's always the friend of every living entity, is the Saka. But as a friend, he's just waiting for us to turn towards him and then interact with him. Like uh, Hayagriva was mentioning, the Lord talked to the living entity. But the living entity, when it's Vahirmuka, when it's turning away from the Lord, he doesn't hear what the Lord is saying. But when we turn towards the Lord, so we will are able to receive the guidance, and the Lord will become more active with us, not just the neutral aspect of sanctioning things according to our karma. No, this time the Lord will be more active in the way that if you are a devotee, he will give you the opportunity to um, have access to whatever is favorable in your spiritual life. He will be more active in that interaction. So he said that uh, the process to, to interact, how there is a process for us to interact with that aspect, that as Bhagavan aspect of the Lord. He said that for, before that, Krishna is in our heart as a Paramatma, but to come to the Bhagavan realization, we need to bring the Lord into the heart. And there is a process for that. How we can bring the Lord into our heart? Somebody remember part of the prayers? Of the Hansaguhya prayer said, how to bring the Lord into the heart? There is an important process that even Prahlad Maharaj says, the nine process, everything start with sravanan, hearing and chanting. That is the authorized process how we can bring the Lord in the heart. So by hearing, constantly hearing, for that we need to open our ears. Because that depends how attentive we are in our process of hearing. If we hear attentively with, with good consciousness, Gradually, we will be able to clean our heart, those all contaminations, and set a nice ascent for the Lord to come in and sit in our heart. But constantly, pure Sravanan and Kirtan, the Lord comes into our heart as a sound, in the form of sound. It's, it's not ordinary sound. When we hear, for example, Krishna Kata, Srimad Bhavatan, Holy Name, all, all these activities of the Lord. So this is the Lord himself in the form of sound that comes through our ears and sit in our heart. So just let's keep in mind, is the Lord, is the sound form of the Lord. So it has power. So in that way, all these impurities in the heart, they are removed. And then, by constant 
Nama Kirtan, the holiness, the power of the holiness in pure stage, we are able to bring out the Lord in front of our eyes and have that darshan that many, many devotees are hankering to have, to see the Lord face to face. Do you understand that process is bringing the Lord in and then after bring the Lord out? Have you remembered, uh, do you remember the aspect of the uh, before when in these prayers they said one of the prayers mentioned about the fire within the wood? Yes, how the uh, uh, previously with mantras, some brahmanas, they used to ignite the wood because they were able to bring out the fire that is naturally inside the wood. And when they bring out the fire, all the wood became uh, burned and became ashes. Yes? But the fire is inside. What that means, how that analogy can be applied to us as a bhakti, practitioners of bhakti yoga. He said that in our heart, all the potencies of developing that re loving relationship with God, the, the moods of Vatsalya Ras, Santa Ras, eh, Madhuri Ras, Sakya Ras, that it's potentially inside in our heart. So bringing out the fire that is inside, those bringing out those emotions, those transcendental emotions from our heart, is that the same analogy they bringing out the fire from the wood. So that all of us, we have in our heart that the potency of having that loving emotions towards the Lord. Everybody. So that is in a dormant stage in our heart. So there is a process how we can bring out those emotions and the process is by constant hearing with Sravana and Kirtan. It's very specific, no hearing every, whatever, whatever is around. It's hearing Sravana and Kirtan, Krishna's name, Krishna's pastimes, and by constant hearing that we will ignite or we bring out that pot the potential feelings, emotions that we have, those pure emotions that we had in the heart. So that's quite important point that I wanted to mention about these prayers of Hansa Gukhya prayers that uh, um, I consider quite important and how we have to understand also the interaction with different forms of the Lord, with different aspects of the Lord. When, uh, we, for example, in this text uh, 27, 28, Hansa Guhya prayers, is a direct glorification of the Paramatma aspect of the Lord and how's interacting, how interact with the living entities. And he said, for example, when Daksha was able, after his austerities and reciting prayers, have the opportunity to see the Lord, one form of the Lord appeared to him. Do you remember what, is, what form of the Lord? How, how was the form of the Lord who, who appeared in front of Daksha? A hand's arm, yeah. What else? How, what, was this, what is the description of that form of the Lord? 
He was sitting or standing on the sho shoulder of who was the carried carrier of the Lord? Garuda. So the Lord appears on the, on the shoulder of Garuda with eight arms. Do you remember what was he was holding different uh, elements? Eight arms. Chakra. Sword, yeah. Sanka, Lotus, Gada. Yeah, chakra we said, sword, well, robe, yes. Yeah, Gada. Eight different things work, the Lord in different arms. And then what was the, his dress? Yellow garment. What else? He was having. Pickle feather? No, what he has on his head? Big crown and helmet, very nice helmet. And also he has his arms with a gold bracelets and a very nice smile. See his face, very beautiful smile. So that is that form of the Lord is the external manifestation, paramatma, coming out from the heart and present in form of daksha. So it is important point also to mention that uh, because the Lord was pleased with daksha, he himself said, okay, daksha, no, I'm pleased with you because your austerities and mainly because you wanted to fulfill my desires. So you endeavor to fulfill my desires, but at the same time we know that Daksha has the desire to enjoy as well. So those things combine. Well, to not to be too long with these points, I uh, just would like to ask if you have any questions, comments. Yes, Mataji. Okay, if we talk about pure devotion and service, no, he wasn't ready. But as we mentioned before, it's karma mishra bhakti in the case of Daksha, because he wanted to satisfy his desires and he engaged in devotion and service and bhakti for that. Because internally his desire was to indulge in sexual life. That was his internal desire, and for that I use Krishna. Yeah. So sometimes we can perhaps extrapolate this example many times in our personal experience. I like to this to do these things so, but so to get uh, this done, I'll pray to Krishna, I'll, I'll do some austerities, I'll chant more japa, so I'll be able to be more. Uh, I don't know, able to do better more other activities that I'm looking for. So we use Krishna for that. Yes? Yeah, in this case, it's like that. So it's a very subtle aspect, 
but we need to understand that difference. When we sometimes, like uh, for example in Bhavatan, when Kutja, she wanted to enjoy with Krishna, sexual life with Krishna, uh, to satisfy Krishna, but mainly she wanted to, to enjoy Krishna. So she, she saw Krishna as an object of my gratification. So it's different from me as an object of satisfaction of the Lord, for the satisfaction of the Lord, not the Lord for my satisfaction. So that, that, that's the subtle aspect. For that reason, the, the pastime or, or kutja realization is no pure devotional service. Because the primary aspect is my sense gratification. Yes. That is the beautiful part. Yes, I wanted to mention that point. That point when the devotee, he said Lord Chaitanya, especially it's a conversation with Lord Chaitanya, when he analyzed that point, when why people, they come to Krishna to ask for many benedictions, for material things, and Krishna said, well, this devotee, this person is so full, why they ask me for that? But this is full, but I'm not full. So then I'll do some, something that will facilitate this person. So in that way, it's Krishna uh, giving opportunity to even the miseries that we were talking, the tapakari aspect we were mentioned before, the miseries can become an instrument for the benefit of the, law, the devotee in the spiritual progress. But a devotee, for example, advanced devotee, those obstacles that we experience in our service, on a life experience, actually they are just instruments, Krishna's energy for the benefit of the devotee. Advanced devotees, they see in that way. But for a no advanced devotee, practicing devotees, so these obstacles sometimes become a different challenges in our spiritual life that are difficult to overcome. And how we can see this as a benefit or benedictions or blessings from the Lord. It's because when we are in association of devotees and by sincere desire, gradually we come to have proper perspective of the circumstance of the situation. So gradually we understand that aspect, we come to realize, and Krishna himself facilitate that. Lord Chaitanya, in that, as, uh, when he mentioned about uh, that aspect of the Lord that Mataji was mentioning, uh, how those, uh, if the desire, of the, if the devotee has those desires, or people with those desires, come to the Lord, approach to the Lord, with, because it's, they have a little bit of intelligence. That intelligence helped them to approach to bhakti in order to, uh, to engage in bhakti in order to get satisfied their desires. But the Lord, because so merciful, he said, well, okay, I'll, I'll give them for this, I'll satisfy their desires in a way that they won't ask me again for the same thing. So it's sometimes 
as you per perhaps have some recollections, when we try to satisfy some desires, in the pursuit of doing it, we experience a lot of miseries where we say, better no anymore, I don't want no more this desire, no more. So in that way is that the Lord is benedicting the devotees because you, you realize, no, this is not for me, no anymore, I have no more interest, you lose interest on in that. So we can take that as a blessings of the Lord. But that takes a lot of uh, strength as well and can be taken by the help and association of devotees too. For a neophyte, practicing devotees can be challenging. Just advanced devotees, they see those tapakari aspects and devotional service as a blessing, St. Krishna's energy for the benefit of a spiritual life. Any comments, any questions? Did that answer your question, Matsuji? Sort of. So what, what actually was the question then? Yeah, eventually, yes. No, we don't have, at least to my understanding, to my knowledge, we don't have a recollection of what happened with Daksha after. But we can see that the Lord is so kind that he's facilitating. One thing is very important to acknowledge is that it's a cooperative work for the upliftment of consciousness is our endeavor and Krishna's blessings. So in case of Daksha from previous lifetime, he still have some material desires that he got the opportunity to take birth from Prachetas and uh, then have the opportunity to see the Lord in that life, in this, especially in this chapter, this lifetime, and purify, some kind of purification take place eventually in next lifetime. I don't know how many lifetimes will take for him. I don't have recollection of the whole information about that to my understanding. But eventually, he will, or he has the opportunity to perform, he will have opportunity to perform pure devotional service. It's a gradual process. So, but the teaching basically here that Sukadev Goswami tried to convey to us is that uh, in the case of Daksha, because if we have material desires, we endeavor for satisfying them, Basically, the best way to do it is by approaching to the Lord. So if we pursue the satisfaction of the Lord, and also at the same time, because karma and is the fulfillment of our material desires, that at least is a way how we get some purification in the heart continue, our understanding that this is not the ideal devotional, pure devotional service, we have the goal of pure devotion and service, but acknowledge my limited condition now. So, but if I approach to the Lord gradually, I'll be purifying my consciousness and the Lord will help us in that process. Any comment, questions? Every clear? So if you don't have more questions, 
So we said, Grantarashrama Vargan ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Vantakalpataruyascha, Kripa Sindhu Vyacha, Patitanam Pavanivyo Vaishnavivyo Namo Namaha.